0: Good morning and welcome to another episode of Out from the Cube. And for those that have followed the past few days, we've started something called our Summer 60. Uh, today is the 7th, and I'm, so I've completed six days. And for those that are following along or doing this, I think there are actually a few people that have, are doing the Summer 60 and have reached out to me. I am actually 6-0. and oh. So uh, real quick, there, I've got to do uh, five or six things every single day. I stole this from Andy Frisella who's doing something called the Hard 75. Uh, I've adapted it because I wanted to include my children uh, and we're having kind of a family competition that has spilled over to some people in Chicago, some close friends of mine and some other people here in St. Louis. And uh, it's been great. Uh, so I'm I'm seven days in. Uh, the one thing I'm not doing uh, that was prescribed, it's not a, actually a goal that I set up, but it is something Andy Frisilla says on his Hard 75 is one of the five items to do in Andy's hard 75 is to take a picture of yourself every day. Essentially, I guess with your shirt off so you can see the improvements physically that you're going through because, uh, his is heavy exercise, heavy diet, things like that. I am not doing that. Um, but actually, uh, I exercise is part of what I am doing and, uh, working out that I've got to do every single day. Uh, so I did kind of start with a book for and, uh, That is actually a funny, humbling, uh, ridiculous experience all wrapped up in one where you're sitting there in front of a mirror. And I see people that do this all the time on Instagram and they're doing this and I'm like, how in the world are they doing that? But at 46 years old and uh, haven't always been rail thin most of my life and being able to eat as many donuts and uh, pizza slices as I can, I don't gain a ton of weight. So it's not that embarrassing in that time. Um, terribly out of shape physically. But anyway, so, but I am 6-0. and 0, And I know some of the people that are doing this with me are also doing really well. But what our goal is, is to get to August 1st, 60 days of summer, and see who can have the best record. And my children yesterday both went 5-0. and 0. So, we're rolling with it. But one of the things I have to do every day is release a podcast. I started this a little bit later than the uh, June 1st start. So, this is actually day three, I believe. But What is really exciting for me is the uh, downloads or what the analytics that I get to see on a daily basis for people that are consuming these things on a daily basis. It's just, it's great. And I really appreciate those people that are had somebody reach out to me yesterday uh, that I've connected with on LinkedIn over the past year or so and really appreciate the the back and forth that I've had with him Uh, just about one, the summer 60, but two yesterday's episode, I think I hit on three or four different things and one of them was cutting the cancer out and negativity and not and optimism and not being around negativity and not being around pessimism and just not allowing some of that stuff. Just going to be in your life. I get it. There's nothing you can do about it. Um, But the, the, the cancer that you can cut, the cancer that you can get rid of the, the cancer you can see that's not deep in your soul or deep in a relationship. Um, you know, being able to cut that out, and um, I, I've done that. I don't allow it. I encourage the people that I talk with and that I'm friends with uh, to not allow it. Um, you know, I just I'm I'm so wrapped up at 46 years old in um, in uplifting and encouragement and positivity and um, you know optimism and just being around great people uh, and people that don't bring that to me. I, I just have no problems writing that off at, at my age. I'm you know. I'm, I'm going to be around people that uplift and posit. And I'm not suggesting that I don't, I'm not around that. I'm not suggesting that uh, that I'm not that person, maybe sometimes to other people. Um, I'm just saying it's something that I'm consciously trying to work on. So what we're doing is having short podcasts. I'm already four minutes in, 15 to 20 minutes. And let me let me preface all this. And I've said this in other podcasts. This I'm not suggesting that uh, my... My, my dialogue on this, my thoughts on this, obviously, are going to be my original things. But really what I'm doing is I get up early. Um, they rolled out of bed a little bit later today, meaning I got up at 5.15. But I'm spending time reading. I'm spending time consuming content, consuming podcasts. And essentially what I'm doing now is sharing with you what I'm considering and learning and trying to implement or things that, are, that just have me thinking a bit deeper, the books I'm reading or the people I'm listening to. So I'm reading every morning, and I am consuming content every morning, and I'm actually going through books that I, that have intersected me. I'm on a big, uh, I say the same thing every day, but I'm on a definitely a Jesse Itzler kick right now. Um, I am listening to some other people, but I wanted to read this to you from his book called Living with Monks, and I, and I want to kind of pick, uh, and I, this really hit home with me professionally and personally. This has really hit home with me. And it's underlined, it's starred, it's highlighted, and and I'm just going to read you this one paragraph, and then we'll talk about it for ten minutes, and that will be today. He said, um, "Let me just start a little bit back. Every task is important, and every moment has purpose." Well, then, what are you looking for? And this is what he's asking the monks. I'm not, uh, maybe I have that context wrong, but uh, but the follow up is this. I'm not, I'm not really looking as much as I'm experiencing, and we'll see what I get. I'm picking up valuable tips along the way. This is actually Itzler talking. For example, the brothers, the monks. For example, the brothers know that they have to live with each other, so they want to live in peace. How great is that? They have an allotted time every week to communicate with each other and sort out any issues. It sounds simple, but an effort needs to be made. I'm going to institute this with my wife when I get home and it'll just mean more peace. Isn't that great? Right? So I highlighted that. I don't know how that intersects you and it may not, but here's the deal. These monks live in upstate New York and uh, other, and I'm listening to a guy named Jay Shetty who was a monk for now I'm learning a little bit of his backstory. I could be five years. I don't remember the exact date, right? Where you are, let's just take the monks that I know a little bit about from Itzler's book. Those guys have, some of those monks have been up there for 50 years. I looked it up on Google maps to see where it was long winding road in upstate New York, surrounded by the woods and the wilderness and the hills. And there's nothing around them. And it is a small campus of two or three buildings. And they're there for 50 years. So, They want to live in peace with one another. The brothers know they have to live with each other. And so they want to live in peace. How great is that? Itzler says. They have an allotted time every week to communicate with each other and sort out any issues. So this is how I paint this in my head. These suckers are up there for 50 years together. We're going to be peaceful with one another. We are going to disagree. And sometimes personality, I would think no matter what line of work you're in, personalities are going to clash even if you're a monk, right? The, the book talks about one intern in particular that, that actually Itzler was so afraid of that he thought he was going to be killed by this guy. So he like, you know, put chairs under doors and stuff so the guy wouldn't get him at night, right? And the reality is the guy was just, the guy was deaf. And the guy, that's why he was so standoffish. And he didn't know that, right? It's, it's a great book. But this is my, and, and, and why is this important to me? Or what, why did I take something from this? It's this, we're all in different relationships, professionally and personally, and we're all a part of teams. You are all a part of whatever your team is. I'm dating a girl right now. And for right, right now, she's like, she's like a teammate or she's a team member for what we're trying to do. Right, that relationship. Or the relationship at work, you are on a team or wherever it is. But most, most in my mind, I'm thinking like family and I'm thinking work professionally. Let's start work professionally. Some people in the IT world, whatever you're doing, not just IT, but I, I can only speak for IT and I can speak for coaches. Coaches are working 70 hours a week. When I was coaching small college basketball, small college, I was in an office, you know, what you would think of a jail cell with two bunk beds and a bathroom, right? If you picture that, that was the size of an office for two people, and I did it for 10 years with the same guy. 10 years, same guy, small college basketball. It was attached to a gym, and it was um, from 5 a.m. till 10 p.m. Now, granted, we were on the road, we were in gyms, we were doing whatever. It was phone calls. It was, you know, it was, you know, weekends being together uh, because it never stops as a coach. Do you think it's important that that relationship was peaceful, was encouraging, was optimistic, was powerful, was engaging, was collaborative? Right? Like, yes. Ten years? In a jail cell of an office, talking about the size of the office. Like, well, actually, there were no windows. We're lucky if, you know, we had to have a fan to kind of blow the air around. Ten years. Small college basketball. Okay? It was that relationship important that it worked, that it wasn't stressful, that it wasn't fearful, that it wasn't combative, that it wasn't a power ego struggle. Yes. And then you take that, like, staying professionally outside of, like, coaching. I've worked with teams. I mean, I've worked with IT people where it's the same type of hours. Hey, I'm writing code at 6 a.m. and I'm going to stop at 10 p.m. And I'm going to be working with the team. And the, I've, been, uh, I've been a part of teams that are very combative and ego-driven and um, frustrating and stressful. And I've been on teams that are, everybody gets along and it's like, people don't mind that 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. Because like right now, 7.30, I'm working with a number of teams. I'm not writing code anymore. I'm actually a coach. I'm a professional IT coach. But I do know that the team, like I've got a call in an hour. And there's one gentleman that, I've, that is on our, with, works for our company. I work for a company in St. Louis called, uh, named, called Polaris Solutions. This guy's amazing. Been only working with him for a week. He's amazing. And I am looking forward to this day with him because I think I have four or five meetings with him. And I am looking forward to the day. And the day started for me at 4 a.m. or I'm sorry, at 5.15 a.m. this morning. And it's gonna roll till about 5.15. And I'm like, so 12 hours that I'm engaged professionally and also engage, and, and, and most of that day will be engaged with him. And I'm super excited about it, like super excited. So, this is what I say. There's a lot to take away from this. How great is that? They have an allotted time every week to communicate with each other and sort out any issues. If if there are issues, this is the hardest thing. This I'm just telling you flat out. This is the hardest thing for me. I am not a combative um, person in that I like confrontations. The word I'm thinking. I do not. I'm just. That's just not my gig, and it's fine. It's why I wasn't a great basketball coach probably, right? Because I didn't, like, I didn't like the confrontation. I didn't like the combativeness. I didn't like, you know, getting after people in that way, right? Um, I like, it, but there's probably a way to be a great coach where you're not always in that role, right? But that, if you are doing that, you need to make sure, if you, you've got to have those hard conversations, if it's not going well, you've got to be confrontational. Mike Krzyzewski, head coach, Duke basketball, He says this about confrontation. Confrontation is great because it brings the truth. You meet the truth head on is what I've heard him say, which means you just get the truth out. Now you got to have the debate on who's truth, right? But if I'm having a problem with somebody on a team, I'm going to just get it. at like, hey, you and I've got to sit down. You know why? Because we're here 10 hours a day for the next 10 years. And you and I need to get along. And you and I need to uh, understand each other's story. You know, right now I'm reading a book called The Strengths-Based Leadership, and it talks about, one, how leaders should, you know, figure out the strengths of their team, essentially, very high level here, right? But then also figure out how le- how uh, people follow, how leaders think and how people follow, kind of the idea. But then strength-based leadership, understanding who people are. like It goes through some of these companies. You know, I think Best Buy was one of the companies they were talking about where people were just so combative, but they didn't understand what made people tick. They didn't understand where people came from. They didn't know where where people start from or where they're at or where they're going or what their goals are or what's happening at home, all those sorts of things. And once you kind of have that togetherness, that connectedness, that understanding, that empathy towards one another, then... Then, how, then, you, then you can't get to where you need to go. Then it isn't that. Like, that guy I was in a cell with for 10 years, and I, I mean that very enduringly because I, those were the 10 best years of my life. Where you're sitting there and you understand each other. You understand where each other's come from. You understand where everybody's at. And you can sit there and say, man, hey, something's going on, man. Like you did either, hey, something's going on. How can I help you? What's going on? What do you need from me? How can I be of service to you? all that sort of stuff to the point of, hey man, yesterday we had this conversation and I've really been thinking about it. And this is how it affected me and this is what I heard you say. And I just wanna get it out there. Is that really what you meant? Or is, you know, that's not how I roll. Like, hey, I don't want you to, you you get what you tolerate. That's That's been on my mind for the past week, that phrase. You get what you tolerate. So if you're gonna tolerate something in a relationship or something with your team, if you tolerate it, you're gonna just keep getting it until you sit there and say, you know what, I'm not tolerating this anymore. The way that we're working, the way that we're the direction we're heading, I no longer tolerate. It's no longer acceptable. Right? And so the monks have an allotted time every week where they just communicate with each other and get the issues out. Now I can't imagine a bunch of monks going nose to nose and finger pointing and getting after each other and calling each other names, right? I'm sure that it's very open and very honest and very peaceful. Like, I wonder, like, I've, I, I had somebody confront me a month and a half ago, and I did not handle it well at all. It wasn't professionally. It was personally confronting me. Like, like, I felt, I'm not going to say they baited me. It was all ultimately up to me and my reaction. And I didn't handle it well. Man, and, if I, and I've spent so much time going back. Man, I, if I could go back to that time, that moment, and, you know, this is going to sound stupid, and been a monk, and just like been peaceful, and just accepted either the criticism or I guess, you know what, not the criticism, been empathetic to how they felt. I was doing something to someone in a relationship and, and not, not a romantic, like this is just something outside of uh, any, any romantic relationship or anything like that or anything professional. It was just something I do on the side where people were counting on me to do something and I had a relationship with, it's basketball stuff, right? And, and I didn't deliver, right? I messed that. I wasn't empathetic. I didn't listen. I didn't, I, 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 they came at me and I just didn't handle it well, right? I, I wish I could have been peaceful in that. Because that was all it was, right? Hey, this isn't going right for me. This isn't going right for my child that, that you're coaching. So something's wrong and we want to talk about it. And I didn't handle it well. And that's cool because all I need to know is where I messed up and how I can get better and how I can move on and how I can make the, best, the next best experience better. That's cool. Man, When you are, I've learned this. When you are in leadership, you're going to mess up. You're going to let people down but what's your intent? What's your outcome? What's your purpose? And sometimes actually as a leader, you you lose that. And when you lose that, that's when you just need somebody to recalibrate you and get you right back to where you are. But the purpose of all this, and now I'm, I can't even read that now. 20 minutes in. Okay. I want to make sure these are short. The brothers knew that they have to live with each other and they wanted to live in peace. So, hey, You're going to work today. You know you have to live with those people. Sometimes you got to live with them 10 hours a day, which ends up being 70 hours a week. And maybe you have to work nights and weekends. Wouldn't it be nice that if you know you have to live with each other, that you want to live in peace? And you also know that you've got a marriage or a relationship and that you're going home to that and that you're going to be spending your nights there and you are going to be spending your weekends with your significant other. Wouldn't it be great if you knew that you want that to be peaceful? And if it's not, or if something happens, that it's okay to have that conversation, right? There's nothing more important in my life at 46 than having peace. Just telling you that. That's why I immediately flipped to this and made that uh, today's message. So, hey, 20 minutes in. I got to be better at uh, stopping on a certain time, starting at a certain time, and um, knowing how to wrap these up. Listen, I hope that you – I hope these things resonate with you. I, I've received some amazing feedback and amazing notes from people in the past day about the summer 60 and about me releasing these things out. And it's amazing to see the downloads that we're getting every day on these, these quick little episodes. But listen, live in peace. If you're not in peace, it's okay to have a conversation. You're with these people 70, 80s hours a week sometimes. It's your livelihood, professionally and personally. It's your livelihood. It's okay to say, man, let's, let's, hey, let's go go for a walk and have a cup of coffee. Let's talk this out. Get out of your cubicle. Have a great week. I'm doing this every day. This is only day three. I've got 57 more to go. Okay. And I hope I can do it. And if, and if this intersects you in any way, reach out to me on LinkedIn. Get out of your cubicle. Have a great rest of the week. We'll see you tomorrow morning on Saturday. Take care. Thank you.